Roll sound, Scotty. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Podcast with Liam, with Scott, with Paul. Good evening again, sir. Hello, how are Bonjour. we? Movie roulette this week it was Liam's. It was indeed. What was the subject? It was um, British films from. Was it the 21st century? I think, yeah, it, yeah. Like that, it was 21st it? century British films, which at first I kind of was like, oh, do you know what to go with? But then it when you look at difficult. it. Yeah, when I found films that. Because for some reason I just kept thinking like Michael Caine films. I was going to say, did you think of anything apart from today's choice? Was there anything that sort of crossed your mind, or have you thought back since and thought, "Bugger, I wish I'd gone for that." Um, not really, because I think at the time the first few things that came into my mind was Lock, Stock, and Snatch. But I, just... I was going to say, when I think twenty-first century movies, you think Guy Ritchie, yeah, or The King's Speech, or yeah. some of those real uh, Slumdog Millionaire. You know those real mm. big, high-profile. Yeah, that, that's originally what I thought was Lock, Stock or Snatch because I just love the films. But um, but you have picked quite a high-profile pro- high one here. Yeah, and it's a film that I genuinely love. And as soon as I realised, <laughs> I mean, it's stupid that I forgot that it was a fucking British film. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's why I chose um, The Theory of Everything. The Theory of Everything. Do you want to play a game? Go for it. Okay, guys, I'm going to try and make a better effort of being a quiz master than I did on the last one. We've got a few questions about the theory of everything and the life of Stephen Hawking. Most of the answers were contained in the film, but some of them you may have to have sort of known from news events. Liam, do you want to flip the coin? Oh, I bent the coin in half and threw it Liam can go first on this. Liam yeah, first. sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's why I bent the coin in half. Doesn't know his own strength. It was chocolate. Liam, question one. Yes, Paul. Scott. It's the, point <laughs> it's the, the point. wrong answer. Minus one point. Yeah. <laughs> for two points. Name the actor that played Stephen Hawking in the movie. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne for two points. Quick fact about Eddie Redmayne. His real name is Edward David jo- sorry, Edward John David Redmayne, born January the sixth. What year? Oh 80... 89. 80, 82. Really? Oh, he's older than yeah, me. Born in London. To prepare for the role of Stephen Hawking, he met with sufferers of ALS and worked with a dancer and an osteopath to find new ways of moving. Oh. Throwing a little fun fact there for you. Paul, true or false? Stephen Hawking was born to non-academic parents. False. 
is the right answer. Both Stephen's mother and father attended the University of Oxford. His father, Frank, studied medicine, and mum, Isabel, studied philosophy, politics, and economics. Oh, they're thrilling subjects. Can you imagine that Sunday afternoon around the dinner table? I can give you multiple choice on this if you need it, Liam. What subject did Stephen Hawking study at Cambridge? Oh, was it the theory of relativity or... Oh, the actual subject as in... Physics. Shall I give you... Yeah, it's that sort of thing. Shall I give you the choices? Good. Maths, chemistry, physics, cosmology. Cosmology. It's the right yes. answer. As soon as he said I that, wanted I remember to be a bit more, yeah. Film, yeah. He received a first class BA degree from Oxford. He then began his graduate work in cosmology at Trinity Hall, Cambridge in October... This isn't the question, but oh, just it's all right. It was because it isn't mentioned in the movie. Um, just to give you some idea of the timeline. Sixty-five, close. Sixty-six. Sixty-two. Oh. Just to give you some idea, because it's yeah. you think we've got to go right back to the sixties mm. with this, and even then he's sort of twenty years old, whatever it is. So, Paul. Yes. Stephen Hawking met his future wife at Cambridge. What was her name? Fuck my mind to blank. Could be a bastard and ask no. her surname as well. Jenny. I was going to say Jane is the right answer. Jane to Liam snags a point. That's the thing. As soon as you said, I was thinking, I, I thought yeah. it was. Well, I thought it was. Like, when you said that, I was like, oh, was it? You're thinking of another intelligent man, Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had Joan, didn't he? Does anyone want to take a guess at what her name was before it was Hawking? Jane. <laughs> Jane Jane. Yeah, she never changed the name. She, she, was, just, she was the artist formerly known as Prince. Her name was Jane. <laughs> Jane Wilde. Ah... She met Stephen when she was studying literature at Cambridge. Who played her in the movie just as a... Felicity... Rogue One Girl. Yeah. It's her Felicity Rogue One Girl. That's her name, Felicity <laughs> really, Rogue One. Really beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get you the point if there was one for not knowing the surname. Felicity Jones. Oh, such a simple fucking name, <laughs> isn't it? Stupid name. How old was Stephen Hawking when he was first diagnosed... With amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, I can give you a multiple choice. Twenty-two. You know it's wrong. You can go for something else. Twenty-three. It's twenty-one. Ah, went the wrong way. Amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, sometimes called Lou Gehrig's disease, Mm -hmm. or motor neuron disease, or motor neuron disease, it's more commonly known now. Rapidly progressive, invariably fatal neurological disease that attacks the neurons responsible for controlling the voluntary muscles. He was told at the time it would be unlikely to live any more than two years. Yeah. As we find out in the film, the doctor's diagnosis was fucking wrong. Yeah, slightly. (laughs) Next question. True or false? Due to Stephen Hawking's illness, he and his wife Jane were unable to conceive children of their own, so they adopted two boys and a girl. False. You do make a big thing about him being able to conceive children yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah, the illness did not prevent him from fathering his own children. Yeah, because they said it didn't uh, affect yeah. that part of him, because that's a sort of involuntary that reaction. That was it, exactly. They had three healthy children, Robert, Lucy and Timothy. Liam, what activity did Jane Wilde's mother suggest that she take up to fill her spare time? Hmm. It wasn't croquet. That's what he asked her to play. Does play a part in the movie, yeah. Choir? Singing? Singing in the church choir. Bastard. For this one, I don't want the actor's name, but in the film, who is Jonathan Jones? I know. 
Jonathan is the uh, isn't that the choir that master that helps them out with the the one she falls in love with eventually. The one in the choir, the yeah. church choir. Yes. Yeah. Judge Bean is played That's by Charlie Cox. Yeah, he was the choir leader. Yes. Charlie Cox plays it. He was indeed. He was trying to play Daredevil. Yes. There you go. Jonathan Jones, leader of the church choir when Jane joined, became friend of the family, helped Jane to look after both Stephen and the children. Yeah. It's a strange relationship. <laughs> True or false? Sorry, whose question was that? Me. Oh, that last one was Paul. Paul. Yeah. Well, I'm doing you out two points there, mate. Sorry. True or false, the director of the movie was Anthony McCartan. <laughs> Declan Donnelly and Anthony McCartan, not brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that oh. Dex's brother? No, sorry. It was in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, Paul's brother. Uh, what was that? Say, say the name. Anthony McCartan. False. Is correct. Anthony McCartan wrote the screenplay adaptation of Jane Hawkins' memoir, Travelling to Infinity, My Life with Stephen. The director was... Quite good. Akira Kurosawa. It was Akira Kurosawa for eight points. Well done. No, it was James Marsh. (laughs) (laughs) We've been slagging him off for weeks and he does a fucking fine movie at last. The research into which specific subject made Stephen Hawking a celebrity within the scientific world? Would you like a um, multiple choice? Or are you going to no. Go I need you to be me. specific. That's what yeah. I'm saying, no, because you said no for me when he said no. Okay, yeah. the research into which specific subject made Stephen Hawking a celebrity within the scientific world? And I will need you to be quite specific here. Time. It's the Big Bang. Is going to keep going? Yeah. No, it's, it's he's going to name every yeah. word on my multiple yeah, choices. Yeah, literally. Black, black, um, science. Black holes. Black holes is what I wanted. Thank you. He showed that black holes weren't. Should have taken his fucking first. I should have done. I should have done. It's all linked. He showed that black holes weren't the information vacuums that scientists thought they were. Hawking demonstrated that matter in the form of radiation can escape the gravitational force of a collapsed star. Doesn't mean a thing to me. Don't understand a single word of it, but. Loved the movie and how it was all portrayed. Which he later disproved. Mm. He did indeed. But for years, and it pissed me off because I'm not intelligent enough mm-hmm. to write any maths, but I always kept saying, like, what if on the other side of a black hole there was another universe? Something, yeah. yeah. And he, for one of his last things he said in 2008, beginning of, was that. And I was like, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake! But obviously he's a genius with an IQ of 160, so... You're just a dreamer. Yeah. yeah. Just a dreamer. And not the only one. In the film, Stephen Hawking is invited to a concert in Bordeaux in France, where he becomes ill and is hospitalised. What condition was he suffering from? And I can give you multiple choice. No. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to forfeit a point for the multiple choice? Is that how we're playing it? What the point? Just because he said no. He I'm said just, no for my first one. You said no. Because you said no for my first one. I'm just making this up as I go along. Because I, I know he, he was like a tracheotomy because his throat was fucking closed up. What was, was he suffering from to put him in the hospital? Motor neuron disease. No, <laughs> When he falls ill at the concert yeah, and he's, he's got a specific there. condition in the hospital. Uh, I think I'm wrong, actually. Cold, flu... Fuck! Ah, oh, go on in. Pneumonia. That's pissing hard. Pneumonia. Paul, well, that is pissing hard. Oh Jesus! Who's about the question? <laughs> oh yeah, it's pissing hard. That's 
see, that's like fucking tropical rainstorm. Look at that. Can you not see how fine that's coming down? I was down say, it's yeah. fine, yeah. Powerful as well. Wow. see the trees. It's like know. Thor is taking a piss. <laughs> what medical procedure caused Stephen Hawking to lose the use of his voice? <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> fucking just heard my last fucking answer. Was it a tracheotomy? It was a tracheotomy. You fucking heard my last answer. You're not asking that question. Bullshit. <laughs> when did this actually happen? Do you know what year this actually happened? Because this surprised me when I read this. Um... He was he became famous, so it's got to be late seventies, I'd say. Neil, this 80, isn't a question, but eighty two, it was eighty five. Yeah, yeah. Which it seems quite late. When yeah, because I suppose speak and spell weren't around for about then, was it? <laughs> this is the whole point. Didn't have a speak and spell to start with, though, did he? But in eighty five, he contracted pneumonia due to his health being compromised by the ALS. The doctors were unable to treat him in the usual way, so the emergency tracheotomy was required, and Jane gave permission for the procedure. Took away his ability to speak and from then on rely on the computerised voice to communicate. He lost his genius voice the year I gained mine. Is that what it is? No, no, you reckon I, it was like a I transfer of I yeah. stole genius that voice. to you? Ah. <laughs> 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 I fucking love Steve Hawkins, by the way. He'd be fine with me doing that. He would. He loved a piss take. He would. He'd be wheel spinning in his grave. <laughs> they buried the fucking wheelchair. That'd make it like a 12 foot grave. He'd be sitting up, wouldn't he? Which best selling book by Stephen Hawking was written after he first received his computer with the built in voice synthesizer? Oh, yeah. A brief history of time. Brief history of time, in which he attempts to explain the non-specialist reader a range of subjects such as Big Bang, Black Holes and Light Cones. Reddit! Anyone know what a light cone is? I, I think, and I read this book quite a while ago, I genuinely don't know it, so this is going to be the uh, pretentious side of me coming up. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure... Ah, oh, fuck, no, I don't even know if we'll No, no, but who knows? Only Stephen Hawking knew what they were, mate, for God's sake. I think a lot of people are NASA now. Yeah, probably. He quite shared these ideas in his book. Oh, we didn't keep them secret. No, okay. no. That's why he's a genius, because he was like a secret man. Yeah. I know the answer to everything, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. In the film, Stephen Hawking is invited to America to receive an award. While he's giving his speech throughout the voice synthesizer, he sees a woman in the audience drop a pen. What happens next? He, he has a dream sequence where he gets up off stage and goes and picks a pen up. He does indeed. And again, surprisingly, at the end of the quiz, it's 13 points each. It's another draw. Well, a bit better than the last one. More points on this one. So, tiebreaker. Same question as the last episode. Give me the rating on IMDb. Oh, fuck. Please tell me it's higher than the fucking last one. Uh, you go first. 9.2. I would have to go 8.7. What was Slapshot? 7.4? Yeah. 7.7. No. Fuck shit. off, cunts. This is why we hold no sway with IMDb ratings. See, this is... Do you know what? Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> right, this, right, I'm going to go back now to right at the very start. Mm-hmm. Shitty Throne of Blood got a very high rating on IMDb, <laughs> and this didn't. This a genuine in real life story about one of the most intelligent mad men to have ever existed got a lower rating than a shit adaption of Macbeth. Fuck off, people are idiots. This is why we don't play an attention to This is why the 250, IMDb 250, we don't really... No. You know. Fuck that. Why do it? I suppose because it's too intelligent for something. 
Let's take a break. We'll play the trade. Get up. Morning, Brian. Stephen, are you aware that you voluntarily embarked upon a PhD in physics? Hello. Hello. Science. Arts. I'm a cosmologist. What's that? I study the marriage of space and time. The perfect couple. One never knows from where the next great leap forward is going to come, or from whom. What if I reverse time to see what happened at the beginning of time itself? Wind back the clock. Wind back the clock. Keep going. I don't know how. Yet. Keep winding. Where to? It's called motor neuron disease. Life expectancy is two years. I want us to be together for as long as we've got. It'll affect everything. You don't realise what lies ahead. This is going to be a very heavy defeat. But I love him. And he loves me. We're going to fight this illness together. Good luck. Why? I'm OK. So, this black hole at the beginning of time. Brilliant. Brilliant, Stephen. Well done, Doctor. He has pneumonia. The only way he will survive will be to give him a tracheotomy. He will never speak again. Yes, he will. My name is Stephen Hawking. It's American. Is that a problem? It has been a great joy to watch this man defy every expectation, both scientific and personal. There should be no boundaries to human endeavor. However bad life may seem, while there is life, there is hope. Thank you. Sorry, did you say something? I said thank you. Theory of Everything, 2014 biographical romantic drama film, according to Wikipedia which is set at Cambridge University and details the life of the theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking. Directed by James Marsh, adapted by Anthony McCartan from the memoir Travelling to Infinity, My Life with Stephen by Jane Hawking, which deals with her relationship with her ex-husband, his diagnosis of amyotrophic lateral sclerosis and his success in physics. The film stars Eddie Redmayne, Felicity Jones with Charlie Cox, Emily Watson, Simon McBurney, Christian McKay and David Fulis. The film had its world premiere at the 2014 Toronto International Film Festival and its UK premiere on the 1st of January 2015. Movie Roulette threw this up for Liam. British movie from the 21st century. As we said, we could have gone Guy Ritchie. We could have yeah. gone Sundog Millionaire, King's Speech. Why this one? Um, <clears throat> interesting question. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Um, so I always say when I don't know the answer. Okay. Um, no, I do. I, I, part of me wanted to go with like, um, like Lock, Stock and Snatch just because they're very simple films. You can just, yeah. I can quote them word for word as I'm watching it. 
But with this, I remember I, I've always been not school. <laughs> After school, I was interested in science a lot, and Stephen Hawking, and I actually did read I think three of his many many books. Um, and when this film came out, I remember giving it a watch. I actually wasn't expecting much when I first saw it. I just thought mm-hmm. it's one of the films I thought, oh, do you know what? Box standard biography type yeah. thing, yeah. Um, but I think considering all the like jokes that we've been guilty of, many people of, of us, Stephen Hawking, that you, you got to think the man's brain was that strong that it kept his fucking body alive. Seems to be to that what, way. That's the impression. Seventy-eight when he died. Seventy-six, late seventies or something, wasn't and it? And yeah. it's like he was given two years. So he should have died at twenty-three. A good fifty years. Yeah. Past what the doctors gave him, yeah, and it's and, and I know there's people. I was actually talking to a guy today, um, funny enough, on Twitter who's um, father-in-law. No, yeah, his father-in-law died of uh, motor neuron disease, and he only had like I think he was three or four years mm. since he got diagnosed, and he like, died from you know. Like, it for me, I think it was more that regardless of him being a fucking genius, it showed like how strong. If your brain and you want that that much, like when he says in the film, like what what about the brain? Does it affect the brain? Yeah, and it's like his mind kept him alive long enough. Yeah, it's a mind over matter thing. Yeah, then. yeah, and that, that's it was one of the things for me because I'm very, I, I'm an atheist as such, mm-hmm. and I, th- I think that sort of thing is like, yeah, there, there was no God involved. This man's mind, fucking, just he was that mentally determined to keep producing whatever he could from up here that this didn't matter. This was just a fucking shell. shell. Isn't there a point in the movie where he does admit to believing there may be a god, though? Yes. Yeah. But then, to be fair, most scientists did back in the day. Galileo yeah. was a religious man. Yeah, we were only talking mid-80s, late-80s. Mm. You know, he's, he is an atheist at the beginning, isn't yeah, he? Because yeah. he's a scientist. Yeah, no, he does admit to his wife. She this. says, are you telling me that you think there might be a God? Yeah, yeah. And, he yeah. doesn't rule out the possibility. Yeah. yeah. Which is any great scientist will have that in them. He you you never that. rule something out until you've got evidence that that yeah. cannot be. Yeah. It wasn't something that he stuck with, though. Well, like, as I say, it's not, the, dying days it's not the be-all and end-all of the movie, is it? Mm. The movie is a biography of a brilliant man. Yeah. And it tells... A lot of things that I certainly wasn't aware of. I've seen the film once before when it first came yeah, out. Same here. Yeah, same here. Anna. I enjoyed it so much more this time around as well. I enjoyed it first time, but this time around, I think I enjoyed it even more. Liam, mm. you must have, you watched it a few times. Yeah, yeah, many, many times. It's a staggering performance. Mm. Let's Eddie Redmayne. It's a staggering performance by Eddie Redmayne. You forget that he's acting. You, even though, like, obviously, after about halfway through, he's not saying much. Um, his acting skills in it are superb. You you just absolutely forget that it's someone playing a part. Yeah, he's taken what's the fucking form of acting? Method. Method acting beyond because to even physically look like him facially yeah, to get yeah. that speech where he can't. I couldn't even do an impression of no. him trying to do that. But impression. his whole face changed yeah. as well, didn't he? He manages to, and I know he done that like research behind mm. like spending time with people that had that. But he, he nailed it. Like, he nailed it so yeah. fucking much. You can't even... There's not a bit about him that he done that made you go, it's not believable. You start forgetting, let's pause it, that he's acting it. Mm. Because you see some people that you think... Sign of a good movie then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, when you get lost into that sort of... Yeah. To that sort of degree. 
What do we know Eddie Redmayne for? Where, where have um, we seen him before? Well, since then, Fantastic Beasts he's in. Yeah. Um, he's done the cross-dressed Danish girl. Danish girl. Um, yeah. Was he a Danish girl? Yeah. yeah. Le Miserable, I think he was in that as well, wasn't he? Yeah. There was, I can't remember what the fucking film, I'm just going to have a quick look, because there's a film that... He is a very, very good actor. I was going to say, do we like Eddie Redmayne? Uh, yeah. Whatever yeah. I've seen him in, he has been superb. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. My week with Marilyn, he was in that Marilyn Monroe thing oh, as well. Right. Definitely, you know, one of our current best British actors. Yeah. At the time, yeah. and Felicity Jones, top of the tree, you know, from the female side of things. Yeah, as well, she... Yeah. she that obviously she's the the book was written from the female side of it. Yes, uh, but I I think she portrayed the the wife girlfriend as was yeah. just beautifully. Um, the the patience of the character at times mm-hmm. uh, just I mean we're taking this as true, right? Because this is written from her side. There's so a lot of things they have adapted, though, when I was yeah, doing some adapted, research. Yeah. They changed a few things. But um, the overall story of, from her point of view, yeah. it is the patience of an angel. Mm. I tell you that none of us could put up with a partner going through that. And also Stephen Hawking, quite cantankerous at times. and uh, That wasn't emphasised, apparently, his stubbornness. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Jane Wilde uh, spent some time with Felicity Jones, you know, to yeah, sort of go through it. Mm. And she said she was so shocked when she saw the premiere that Felicity Jones had actually picked up her manner of speech and her mannerisms as well, right. just through a couple of conversations. Yeah. Because she'd actually done a perfect impersonation, or you know, of of, of the wife as well as Eddie Redmayne yeah. doing a fantastic performance. And what's good is they didn't pick. Um, and I always have this with a lot of films. Just, to make a film that amazing is you don't pick stars. Mm. And they didn't, because Felicity Jones and Eddie Murray are not... They were known, but they weren't They were known, yeah, but yeah. no one yeah. in... Felicity even Jones was now, not TV, wasn't she? Even now, if you say to people, name your favourite or the best British actors and actresses, chances are their names aren't going to get mentioned above other ones, but yeah. that's why I like films like this, because they take people that then can like catapult them into stardom, because... They work. I mean, what? Rogue One was 2006. That was after, wasn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. After, yeah. Um, and I mean, that to get a fucking role in Star Wars of anything, Jesus. Yeah. And she still looked younger, I think, in Star Wars than she did in most of that film. She's got one of those faces that is just naturally young looking. Yeah, but she's playing from, you know, 1962 up to yeah. Yeah. late 80s or whatever yeah, it worked it. out yeah. to be, wasn't it? So. That's quite an achievement in itself to do like a thirty-year span, yeah. You know, and still come across convincing without having to resort to latex makeup and yeah, yeah. all of that lot. One other character actor that appeared in this, who I've always admired, is David Fewlis, who plays Stephen Hawking's professor, yes, and teacher. Yes, he he was in. He was also in Harry Potter's. He was in, yeah, yeah, he was in Harry Potter. But he was, yeah. He's sort of known for Mike Lee movies and things yeah. like that. And he's been around for years as you know, as a young yeah. actor right through to. And the more I see him now, as he's he's getting old, I think he's a fantastic. Yeah. He's very underrated, David Fewis, but he's always in a British movie. Yeah, and it's always oh, it's that guy. Yeah, and I think he deserves a bit more recognition. Yeah, he he was good, and I, I'd say as soon as I saw rewatched the film, it's like yeah. 
And but again, is he now going to be typecast as that teacher stroke lecturer sort of? Then we mentioned so, yeah. Mm-hmm. We mentioned before about there's people that are meant to be stars and there's people that are meant to be in yeah. films. Yeah. And he's someone that's meant to be in films. Yeah. He'll, he'll never get a because lead role, will he? There's yeah. certain people you could look at and you go, I wouldn't want to see a film where they're a lead, but mm-hmm. I'm happy to see them in yeah. films. Yeah. It's that familiar character it's in the a glue, film, isn't, isn't it? That yeah. sort of holds a movie together. I think that's what you need. Yeah. That's why, look how many producers nowadays, directors of films, stick with the same cast, in, even in TV shows, yeah. where people do it, because they know that them characters... Um, Kurt Sutter, who made, I think it was S.H.I.E.L.D., and... Um, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. A lot of the same actors, really, because yeah. to him, they may not have had a, yeah. one of them. Do you know the guy that was in Fantastic Four? Bald guy. Michael Chiklis. Yeah. yeah. He was in S.H.I.E.L.D. and he was also yes. in his, yeah. his part in Sons of Anarchy was so minute. Mm. But because I said, he knows how to stick. Oh, he knows how to get things yeah. to work. We've had directors, haven't we? They've got their own yeah. stable of actors. Adam Sandler does this before. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Steve Buscemi, um, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Steve Buscemi yeah. and all that lot. Yeah. You got Kevin um, Smith does it with most yeah, of his of films, yeah. Because you know they're going to be reliable. They're going to stick. Guy Ritchie, for fuck's sake, done it. Yeah, yeah. It's if it works, why fucking don't break, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it works, don't change it. Going to ask you a question. The scene after he's taken ill at the concert, mm-hmm. just before he has the tracheotomy, is in hospital. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's there asking permission to do it. Yeah. Do you recognise the doctor? I'm trying to think back to the doctor. I'm going to turn the mics down because you're both going to swear very loudly when I tell you he is. The bald-headed guy. And he says, we're going to have to do a tracheotomy, but he's going to lose his voice. I, I probably would remember, but I turned it off when I watched it today. If I give you a clue that he's not actually an actor. Is he a real doctor? Was it my uncle? He's a footballer. Wow, go on then. Frank LaBeouf. Yes, no fucking shit. Was. Every time I've watched it, all the way through, I always say this. No way. I turned it off today because I've seen it so many times. But fuck yeah, I remember every time I've watched it, I've gone, Frank LaBeouf, World Cup winner. Every Chelsea, fucking time. Yeah, yeah, Chelsea. France yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 98. Every winner. time I fucking say that. <laughs> wow. I literally turned it off today because I didn't have enough time. Yeah. And I put Django on. And I literally, because I've seen Fury of so many times, but every time I say Frank LaBeouf in that scene. Frank LaBeouf. Yeah. What? You're strange. going to go back and have a what look at that. a strange cameo. But then again, look it's at Cantona acted as well, yeah. you know, I suppose. There's so. a lot of them, especially for French actors, that French mm. people, they always wanted to be in their French films. Didn't they? So there you go. That was French. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. I forgot that. <laughs> Fucking Frank above. Can I ask you another question? There's a scene when Stephen Hawking is at his screen typing something up and he types Daisy Daisy give me your answer do yeah do you guys know the significance of that I'm half crazy yeah. of love you that's the Can't one but do you know why carriage. why Daisy Daisy um, because there's a scientific reason and there's a movie reason scientific reason is it astronomy no tandem computers they do with computers nothing to do with Daisy Will Printers if you're going to go down that route no. but no Daisy Wheel printers? Daisy Wheel printers were the yeah. very first sort of printers we used to get. Yeah. Dot Jeez. Matrix and Daisy Wheels, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. I'll tell you. Daisy Daisy was the first thing programmed into the first computer that was able to synthesise speech. Yeah, not right. 
and it was very, very similar mm. to the same voice that Stephen yeah. Hawking had. Yeah, because uh, they only had um, American voices. Yeah. yeah. They had no and, other and, options. And they typed in Daisy Daisy, give me your answer to her, and that was the first thing that a computer ever spoke. Yeah. The movie Connection? Um, Science fiction movie. Star Wars. No. Stanley um, Kubrick. Oh. Yes, 2001. 2001, when how the computer is dying, it sings Daisy Daisy. I think my connection will be about Mr. <laughs> Felicity Jones in Star Wars film and Daisy Ridley is in yeah. Star Wars film. Six yeah. degrees of separation yeah. we're oh, playing here. Yeah. Mine's more intelligent. <laughs> yeah, but mine's more accurate. <laughs> mine's more fuck you. Music. Johan Johansson. Yes, I the noticed composer. that. Johan Johansson. Johan Johansson. So good they named him twice. So good they named him twice. Icelandic composer. Known for Sicario oh. and something else. Prisoners. The, the Villeneuve movie. Oh, no, Sound like Age. Um, <laughs> Hugh Jackman and... Yeah, uh, uh, Paul Leno. No, Jack, Jack Jen, uh, Yeah. yeah. Great, great film. Great film. I love this soundtrack. I went out and yeah. bought the album. Um, I've used parts of it on a Rainbow Valley podcast before because it just evoked the mood that I wanted it yeah. to do it, for a It was one of those too. that you didn't particularly notice because mm. it was so sort of genuinely fitting in what was yeah, going on. Certain bits of it stood out for me. I think that's, that's why with scores, though, that's the difference between yeah. soundtrack and scores, is that scores are made to evoke like emotions. When you're yeah. watching something, you, there's a certain part in it that you start... It's to the point that you're not supposed to hear the music, but at the same yeah. time, the music's supposed to just be. Yeah, it's subliminally. You while you're watching it, yeah. So you see a scene and you think, fucking hell. And that bit just kind of sinks in. Was, it, take the act, the was it the acting or was it the score? Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of times with the perfect score, like Hans Zimmer. Just about to say, take Hans Zimmer I know out, you're a massive, stuff. massive fan of Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Go back and have a little listen to some Johan Johansson. Mm. Oh, no, I have, because I mean. Mm. Sicario, I like the soundtrack for that as well. It's a it's a mixture of of real classical instruments, like an orchestra, yeah. but there's also a lot of sort of electronic Electron, stuff in yeah. there with it. If you yeah, listen it's like very carefully, modernise the classical. I like it. I on. think it's great, especially yeah. the fireworks scene. That yeah. went really yeah. well, I think, with and with the score. And I at that point of the fireworks, I was thinking they were sort of overjoyed and excited mm. at watching the fireworks. And I'm thinking fireworks now are so. Ooh. Un, sort wow. of underrated because we we're spoilt by them. They happen. It, they're cheaper than they used to be. They're yeah, bigger they than they used to be. Fucking overrated. Yeah, not underrated. I, I mean, well, well, I, I mean, underrated like us, as yeah. people don't enjoy them as much as they do back in the sixties. Because when then we kids, it was it was massive, much yeah. more of a spectacle. It was rarer to see them. True. It was once more year, expensive was once, yeah. to see them. So. Yeah, that, that, the joy on their face when they were yeah. watching those. It was just a real nice scene as well, the way that was all framed with the music yeah, and the whole thing that was going on. And it was also when they were first starting to get together as a couple. Yeah, this is one of the um, the bits they changed. Uh, in real life, Jane was fully aware that he had the condition. Yeah. They didn't get together and then he developed ALS. Ah, right. Yeah, okay. in, in real life, she knew that he was actually diagnosed with it. That's... True love, isn't it? Yeah. Because she could have got out at any time. Yeah. But then I think anyone would. Mm. I think it's bullshit to sit around and say you wouldn't. Anyone who says they fucking wouldn't. If you was with someone and they had that, 
or you fell in love with someone and they had that. Like, fuck, are you going to tell them to go? Oh, fuck right, you, I'm fucking off then. Yeah. yeah, if you would, you're a piece of shit and deserve the fucking worst disease yeah. yourself. You're not going to fucking turn around and leave someone that you love, regardless of what they've got. Because that's like saying, and they've got cancer in your lung, let them fucking but die. But he, he, did, he did give her the option of... Yeah, because he'd ooh. fucking given up. He yeah. didn't want someone around him that he just wanted to concentrate on himself because he knew he couldn't give anything to anyone else. Yeah. He wanted the infatuation of people like, of adoring someone himself, which he couldn't as much as his own work. And he'd always said that his work came before everything else. And it was, it took a fucking hell of a lot from like what he says in his books to hit for him to love Jane as much as he did, because she fell in love with him, and he just he was a stubborn he wanted bastard. To push, yeah, he wanted to push he her just, away. Yeah, he yeah. was He wanted her yeah, to yeah. go because he didn't want to have to go. Hang on a second, I'm now loving something as much, if not more, than the job I'm doing. Mm. And he did, and he couldn't help himself other than to fall for it. Hence why then, when he had the affair... So I was about to say, talking of, like, you know, loving somebody, that whole sequence with Maxine Peake, where he falls in love yeah. with the therapist. Yeah. Which is true, isn't it, Liam? Yeah. I believe yeah. that is yeah. an actual, you know, that's actually what too. happened. I love that scene. I love that whole bit, that whole development of that relationship. Yeah, because she's, she's quite flirtatious from the start. She, she falls in love with him at first yeah. sight because yeah. she falls in love with his brain. Yeah. yeah. She can see that beneath that withered shell of a poor sod there in that wheelchair yeah. is a bright, funny yeah. man. Yeah. And from the start, she's going, you've memorised this shit. You don't need the balls. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, need you, it. I know. Yeah. And it's the twinkle in his eye or whatever it may be. And I just love that whole sequence of how those two yeah. fall in love. Because it's very subtle. didn't... Because obviously Jane went from being someone that was in love with him to realise she had to look after him. So yeah. there, her love for him was to the point where there's no more in love. It, Whereas, it was almost like, I love you because you're it's the like father you're, of my children and my companion rather than... Whereas he, he, as soon as he met his therapist, it was somebody that saw who he was for who he was and there was no care part in it because that bit had already been done. So was, she saw a new life. It was probably somebody that saw that sense of humour that Jane saw in him when she previously him. when yeah. she first met him because he some of them scenes when he's flirting with her you know yeah. in the pub and at the party and you know they walk into the party they begin oh my god scientists they're going to be boring yeah but then he turns out to be the most interesting person in the whole room mm. fantastic and that's probably what Maxine Peake saw he exactly. was like the younger Stephen Hawking he's still there despite all the shit that's gone on yeah the most intelligent brain in the country has still got That's why that, that flirty brain that, as well. That oh, disease yeah. must be so destroying to so many people because the brain, the, the person is still there. Fully functioning. It's just yeah. you yeah. can't express yourself. Yep. Look at Lou Gehrig, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Oh, is it called Lou Gehrig's disease, Lil? Because the baseball player, Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig, yeah. Contracted motor neuron disease. And Played for the, was it the Yankees, wasn't it? I, I think, think it for about Yankees. 17 years. And yeah. I think he... he Listen to this. Seventeen years he appeared in the starting lineup at every single match, yeah. every single game. Jeez. So that's like a footballer turning up for every yeah. single league game, cup game, yeah. whatever. Uh, over two thousand games he was on the starting sheet for every yeah. single one. Jesus he was in the same team as Babe Ruth. It was about that sort yeah. of era, yeah, it was. and it was generally sort of unknown at the time. And because Lou Gehrig was such a national sporting hero, he was he was the best first baseman yeah. in the world. And he had to retire, obviously, you know, his early thirties, yeah. I think, and he only lasted a year or two with it. 
and it became known as Lou Gehrig's disease, and it's yeah. still called that in America to some oh, yeah. degree. Um, there's a famous speech. He's he's not played for a few months because he's obviously quite ill, but he gives his farewell retirement speech at Yankee Stadium, and it says something about "I am the luckiest man in the world." It's one of the most, mm. you know, it's one of those sort of like Martin Luther King type famous speeches. And there's a film called Pride of the Yankees, starring Gary Cooper playing yeah. Lou Gehrig. Sports movie, you know, we could have chose that as a sports mm. movie, but it was 1947 or 42. I can't remember. Fantastic film, you know, because it's it, it does the whole sports thing, but then it does the human drama thing as well. I have been walking on ball fields for 16 years and I've never received anything kindness and encouragement from you fans I have had the great honor to have played with these great veteran ball players on my left murderers row our championship team of 1927. I have had the further honor of living with and playing with these men on my right. The Bronx Bombers, the Yankees of today. I have been given fame and undeserved praised by the boys up there behind the wire in the press box. My friends, the sports writer. I have worked under the two greatest managers of all time, Miller Huggins and Joe McCarthy. I have a mother and father who fought to give me help and a solid background in my I have a wife, a companion for life, who has shown me more courage than I ever People all say that I've had a bad break, but today, today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Fascinating story. The Lou Gehrig story is a fascinating story. But now we call it motor neuron disease. Yeah, ALS. ALS in America because yeah. they had the ice bucket challenge. Going yeah. back, what about four? That's what years? the ice bucket challenge was all about, yeah. wasn't it? The yeah. ALS yeah. ice bucket challenge. The only yeah. reason they called it the um, ALS then was purely because the world didn't know what Lou Gehrig's was. Yeah, I think Not, it's more in America that it's known as Lou Gehrig's yeah. because because yeah. that's the thing they called it ALS because the rest of the world didn't know what yeah. Lou Gehrig's was, and then it had to explain what motor neuron disease was. So yeah, it's ALS is the 
worldwide name for it. Yeah, right, the new one is the European common, name. Yeah, yeah, the common name. And yeah, we understand. Zagaris is the American name for it. Yeah. Um, awards. Mm. At the 87th Academy Awards, it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Original Score for Johansson. It only won one. Score? Eddie Redmayne won Best Actor. Mm. Yeah. And rightfully so. I think so. It was nominated for 10 BAFTAs. It won Best British Film, Best Actor again, Best Adapted Screenplay. It won five Critics' Choice Movie Awards, three Screen Actors Guild Awards. For the Golden Globes, he won Best Actor again. Johansson won Best Score again. There was nominations in the Art Directors Guild, the Producers Guild of America, widely nominated. Mm. You guys would call it Oscar bait. Well, no, it wasn't made specifically to win Oscars, but no. you knew that it was going to get nominations, this movie. It had to. Do you know I didn't even think of it? No. It had to, though. It's that classic Oscars case of... Looking back now, I think, yeah, I can see, but when I watched it, I mm. didn't... I, I think if this was made after his death, then I think it would be more Oscar bait. Yeah. I think for me, it just never would, purely because, for me, personally... Oh, because of that, my affiliation for you just like, like the story Hawking and you know and, the history, don't yeah, you? And the everything he studied. That if you took that away, then yeah, probably. If I didn't give a shit about anything he had done, I'd have been like mm. Oscar bait. You think it's that traditional thing, isn't it? Like Daniel Day Lewis would always, you know, was always going to win for my best foot, you know, or my left foot. Even. No, his, his right foot won the following year. Um, <laughs> so which one was his best one? <laughs> But it's always, you, it's know, good you know, it's like Rain Man or Elephant Man or, you know, yeah. those sort of films, isn't it? Where Any other man. Yeah, yeah, other I'm, Iron Man. Iron Man. Iron Man. Iron Man. Glass Man. Iron Man with Iron Spider-Man. Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. Blade Man. Batman. Phone you know, Man. You know what I mean? It's the, it's the genius that has, you know, to overcome insurmountable yeah. odds. Or, you know, it's that sort of thing. Uh, I think that's... Beautiful Mind. That other one, you know, Mathematical Genius. Shine, you know, all those sort of films. You know. I know, Hunting. Hmm? Good, Good Will Hunting, mm-hmm. Mathematical Genius. We're though. getting a bit of a theme here on Mathematical yeah. Geniuses, mm-hmm. aren't we? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you know? Um, I think it was last year, I think last year or earlier this year, mm-hmm. um, a 12 year old girl, because um, um, Einstein had an IQ of 160, Stephen Hawkins had an IQ of 160, this 12 year old girl got an IQ of 162. Mm-hmm. A fucking 12-year-old. <laughs> I'll punch it. There's nothing worse. I'm all for people that are really intelligent, but most of us got our intelligence as we've grown through reading, learning that. When a 12-year-old fucking know... How do you do that? How do you get more intelligent than Einstein and Stephen Hawking? At 12, you've had 12 years of living. First three years, you're learning to do shit. Well, actually, no, to shit. Can't let him happy, but... It's fucking crazy. 162. Did you know BBC did a TV movie, 2004, called Hawking? Okay. Stephen Hawking played in this case by Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, really? could see that. Mm. Yeah. But it'd be an uglier version. <laughs> I mean, Stephen Hawking wasn't a good-looking guy even when he was younger, but Eddie Redmayne kind of nails it. Not in the ugly part, but in the... Geeky looking sort yeah. of, yeah. Gets it, Whereas yeah. Cucumber Patch just... <laughs> Thundersnatch, yeah. yeah. I love him as Doctor Strange, but yeah, not much else. Well, they were both good mates anyway, and they were both up for Best Actor that year, because he was up for Imitation Game. 
Great film. Great film. Yeah. Wasn't Eddie Redmayne in, was he in school or college with um, Tom Hiddleston? Don't know. Or Tom Hardy. No, I think it was either Cucumber Patch and Tom Hiddleston or Eddie yeah, Redmayne. No. Yeah, you're right. Because one, one of them played like a, like a statue in a school show, whereas the rest like got to have like front and centre. All right. I'll have to, have, I'm going to need to look this up because I remember reading this before. Bear with me. Or just carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so how much do we love this film, Paul? I've only seen it twice, mm-hmm. but I love the first watch. And like Liam, I'm very interested in this part of science and Stephen Hawking in particular. Don't understand a word of it. I I do to a degree, yeah. but not not anywhere near enough to sort of uh, comment too much. Yeah, comment it. too much. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's always intrigued me as sort of the universe wow, and you know. everything. And uh, Eddie Redmayne did have a very quite big school friend, though. Prince William. Jesus, really? really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Don't get much more famous than that, no. do you? Same Did he go to Eton then? Yeah, Eton. Okay. Oh, there you go. What became of him, eh? <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Redmayne, Oscar winner. No, you know, the other bloke. <laughs> Prince <laughs> Willie. <laughs> or won't he? Prince Willie, I am. So, Liam, why do you love the movie, mate? Um, Mine is a mixture of the geeky part and just the meaning of the film. I think <clears throat> everything he stood for, uh, just breaking down, if you, if you don't understand the science part or if you don't even care for the science part. You more, don't need to in this movie, it's though. how he's... But then I've seen people turn around and say they won't watch it because they don't get it, how he, who he was, and I'm like, you don't well, need how, to. Well, how intelligent he was yeah. or whatever. Mm. But he... You don't it's more to. a case of going, it's... Take everything away from him. It's purely a film of your human mind can do so much fucking more than your pathetic body would let you. Yeah. And you can say whatever bullshit excuse you've got. If a man that was told in two years you're going to be dead at a time when medical science was shit mm. and he should have died. Now, if someone said two years, you'd go, all right, I'm going to live for 50. But it's a good chance, yeah. And then he should have died in two years. There was mm. no fucking medical science. Well, other suffer as well. All the others, yeah. you know, yeah. suffer there, as well. There was, was no medical brain. reason why... He should survive and no one else should. He just uh, wanted that brain to be... Yeah. To, uh, he wanted to answer his own questions mm. yeah. to he, some point, even if he had to keep disproving himself. And he wasn't going to give up until he no. got there. Is that what you reckon? Is and I, I just think that's, that's why he just... He's super film. I also loved his sense of humour, which carried on with him, even when he couldn't speak. And, yeah. Uh, even to the point where... Liam and I both watch Big Bang Theory mm. and he's appeared on many episodes of that yes. and he takes the piss out of himself and he's happy did for he that to happen. Did he Star Trek as well, Next Gen? He did. Yes, I believe so, yeah. He was in he? a comic relief as well with uh, Brian Cox. That was the thing I was trying to think of because I was thinking, in this movie, isn't there a bit where he's walking down a path with somebody? No, like that's... A gravel path. That's, that was uh, a comic relief And that was with thing, uh, David Walliams and that yeah. as well, that was, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it, even though he was suffering from this, and he knew people were laughing sort of 
at him, stroke with him, he was happy to do that. That's the thing. When you look back at 1962, when he was physically able, he was a funny guy. Yeah. You know, that hasn't gone. I yeah. was right. It was Tom Hiddleston was in a score. It was in a score play uh, Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. Where Tom Hiddleston had, like, I think Eddie Redmayne had front and centre. Tom Hiddleston was told it to be a statue. <laughs> Hasn't Eddie Redmayne appeared in a Marvel movie? No, don't think so. But in Guardians of the Galaxy? No, 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 I'm thinking think, of something else. I think Liam would know that. Yeah, that's why I'm asking Liam, because he would know straight off without me looking. He plays in some science fiction thing. Not Marvel. Um, I've got my list here. Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. Oh. That was a science fiction thing. The Wachowski yeah, oh, brothers, yeah. wasn't it? The Matrix guys, wasn't I it? started watching that. It and looks awful, couldn't, doesn't I, it? Yeah. I couldn't yeah. get on with that. Yeah. yeah. Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. Let's rate the movie. I'm going nine. I'm going nine in this one. Me too. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree. Yeah. It's, um, it's a great, definitely up there. If it was a five star movie, it's five stars for me, but nine out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Fully agree with that, everybody. Okay. Back after this, it's Movie Roulette. Liam, do you want to take your first spin for Movie Roulette? Go for it. Eighty-eight. Oh, what's that? A movie starring Jessica Lang. Oh. Okay, spin again. Second spin. Four, one, zero. A movie directed by Gus Van Sant. Who? Oh, Gus Van Sant. I know what one he'll go for if he spots it. Do you want to spin again though, just in case? Yeah, spin again. Give you third choice. Yep. Two, three, two. I think he may go for this. A movie starring Steve Martin. Ooh. I don't know if he'll go for that. I don't we probably would. <laughs> Jessica Lange, Steve Martin, or a movie directed by Gus Van Sant. Not necessarily asking you to pick the film, but would you like to pick the category? And I will pick the category. Mm-hmm. And I will go with... Oh, this is quite difficult. But <laughs> oh, this is. <laughs> I'm leaning more towards the Gus Van Sant. Okay. Do, do you want to make the decision, or do you just want to? We'll finish the show, and you can tell us. Yeah. We'll in the interval, you yeah. still haven't decided. Yeah. Even better. Let's leave everybody on ten turns. So, will it be Gus Van Sant? Will it be Steve Martin? Will it be Jessica Lang? Paul, Liam, thanks guys for being there again as usual. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. See ya. The management of this theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, 
you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Astrid Holmes, that infernal jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. Positive thinking, that's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown, try positive thinking, laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side, on hope so much depends. With your confidence sinking, positive thinking helps you on the way, my friend. When things look black, try. Positive thinking, treat every season as spring. No glancing back, try. Positive thinking, trust what tomorrow may bring. This crazy world that we live in will keep on spinning round. But with good, strong, positive thinking, we'll get together and life won't let us down. Shut up. Ugly bitch. Oh, shut up. We enjoy it.